Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Alex Metzger. As with, as always, is with me my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, Chase is back this week after a week off. And uh, we got some news to break down, and then we're going to do a Central Division preview of the league. Well, we're going to start our Division previews this week, and we will be doing a different division every week until the season starts. So with that being said, I guess we should just jump right into the Blake Wheeler news. The Winnipeg Jets signed their captain, Blake Wheeler, to a five-year, 8.25 annual extension. Um, what are your thoughts on the extension, Chase? I have mixed thoughts about it. I, you don't like it at all, right? I don't really like it. I kind, I think it's defensible in a way. Alright, so the main defense of it is that it was necessary. Not that it's a good contract or a bad contract, but it's a necessary contract. But I think... One of the things Winnipeg has done well is their depth on the wing is ridiculous between Line A, Ehlers, Connor, Perot, Ross, Levick, Veselainen still coming. So, like, I don't know. I think one of the benefits to having that much young star power is that you don't need to commit to 33-year-olds. Yeah, so this is what I said to you yesterday. This is the exact type of deal I think contending teams, as hard as it is to walk away from, need to avoid. Because we, when we did our top 10 best teams take over right now, we both had Winnipeg pretty high. You had them really high. I think I had them fourth or fifth. I think I had them too. Yeah. And the part of the reason why is because they have so much young depth, but you're going to need to pay that young depth eventually because they're really good. So when you have someone like Blake Wheeler, who's the captain, and he the team does surround around him, I think, emotionally as well, but he's got one year left on his contract. I'm not saying you have to trade his contract. You can just go for it with him this year. Yeah, he could be an own rental. Yeah, but you definitely... I don't like. I don't think you need to sign him. You have so Sean Tierney did a thread about why he may be Winnipeg's fourth or fifth best winger at the moment, and I don't know. I think Line. I like Line more than him. I think Ehlers is at least close. I think Roslovic could be better than him in a couple years. Veselinen might be. I think Perot's closer than most people think. Kyle Connor's not too bad either. So like right now he's probably their third or fourth best winger, but he's only getting older, and he regressed this season, I believe, too. That would so. You can tell which people just look at point totals by people who say this was Blake Wheeler's best season. Mm-hmm. He took a huge step back at 5-on-5, five five, but he exploded on the power play. Exactly. And so he finally put up those point totals, and Winnipeg was finally a good team. So he got a lot of love, which is he's one of the most players who deserves it because he's been so underrated his entire career. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just this he's not going to be 33 until this contract kicks in. I just this is the exact type of stuff you need to stay away from, and I don't know. I saw some people saying the uh, the Jets have cap space to work with, and they kind of do right now. They have ten million right now, and then coming off the books next year is Tyler Myers, which is huge one five point five right there. Chariot at one point four, but then between this year and next year, they have one two three four five six seven eight RFA's to resign. Among those are Patrick Line, Kyle Connor. Uh, Jacob Truba, and Josh Morrissey. That's a lot of money that's going to end up going places right there. And you're just, like, you're going to need that. And then in two years, Ross Levick will be up, and I'm assuming he'll be probably getting a decent payday in two years as well. Well, Line is probably getting in the, like, $10 million range, I would, too. Yeah, like, I would, he's at least got to get what Kucherov got, right? And Kudrov took a discount, so I mean, but Line is an RFA. He may and he may take a bit of a discount, but I would be shocked if he got under what, like eight point five. I would be very surprised. So like, yeah, I don't know. This just it kind of for me, 
as soon as I looked at it, I was like, okay, well, like, at least they kept the term down to five years. And then I looked, I was like, but he's already 32, and that, like, he's going to be 37 when that contract expires? I don't know. Like, to me, this just, uh, between this and the other one I didn't think they really need to make was the Brian Little extension. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't either. Um, I know losing Statsny kind of hurt for them because they hurt their center depth a little bit up the middle, but at the same time, like, that, I'm pretty sure that Little deal was done before the Statsny deal. Or the Stastny trade came in because they yeah. did it last offseason, right? But I mean, I don't know. I just those are two trades that I think, or signings that I think you need to avoid a little bit. And that's why the more I look at the Blake Wheeler deal, I just don't really, don't really understand. And I was talking to someone on Twitter, PD Woe. He had a good point as well. He, his point was he doesn't really understand why they did it now. He, I don't think Blake Wheeler's value is going to go up. Maybe no. if he has another point total and is like. Like actual value, his value gets inflated because of that. We just set a career high at age thirty-two. I was gonna say I wouldn't expect him to get better. Yeah, like in his thirty-two-year-old season, I feel like he's not gonna gain more value than he's already given you throughout the year. So, like, and if he no. does, like, again, like, I just feel like you. This is a contract you can walk away from, and it's tough as a contending team because you are losing a good piece right now. But for the contract in itself, like, this is eight point two five is probably fair value for this year and maybe next year. And then after yeah. that, depending on how he regresses, I could easily see that being an overpayment in the second year of that contract. Well, if he takes another step back, it could be an overpayment. At 5-on-5 five five this year, it could be an overpayment by the time it kicks in. Yeah, so like... It could be looking like the Corey Perry contract. Exactly. Kind of it's just something I don't think you need to make at all. And I don't I feel like I... There was... I didn't really see anyone praising it yesterday, which I thought I... I really thought I was going to see some people being, wow, such a good deal. But I think a lot of people were kind of in the same, just like, Hmm, that's he's pretty old to be paying them that much money. It's a lot of money. So I don't know. I don't really for the team they have. I don't really think that's a good deal. Uh, I think they definitely had the pieces to replace him right now if they needed to. And I think they should have just kept on. If I was running this team, I probably would have just kept on, like hold up, held on to him, went for it this year, and then at the end of the season evaluate where you're at. If he still wants eight point two five, you just say sorry. Walk like, away. See you later. Yeah, it reminded me of so the Leafs. I'll start by saying. Blake Wheeler's obviously a lot better than JVR, but to counter that, Jake Roslovic and Christian Veselainen are a lot better than Andreas Janssen. Yeah. So it reminded me of, or a theory I would have looked at would be, the Leafs let JVR walk. They're obviously not replacing that value, but at least Janssen can provide half that value for $6 million less. Yeah. I would look to do something similar, or I would have preferred they look to do something similar with Jake, Jack Roslovic and... Uh, Christian Veselainen, as opposed to giving Wheeler the big money. Yeah, and then, because you see with that extra cap space, well, the Leafs went and signed John Tavares, which not every team's going to be able to do, but next year's uh, free agent class looks really good. Like, there's yeah. a bunch of big upcoming free agents who may or may not get signed. We may see a couple more big ones, and if you have the cap space to throw it at that, then you could, or at the very least, if you had the money, you can sign Jacob Trouba long-term, which is going to be key, because it doesn't seem right now like he wants to stay too badly. Not at all. But you still, you're going to have... If you're including the contracts that are leaving, probably, I'd say roughly $20 million next year to sign Line A, Connor, Roslovic, Truba, and that's the big ones, I would say. And then you also need Morrissey this year, yep. so who knows what happens there. It's doable, but at the same time, like, that's still Marco Dano as well. I mean, he won't get too much, but it's money. Like, you need, you're going to need those dollars. I think it definitely would have been better to just take the the extra $8.25 million from Wheeler and put it somewhere else on the team. Yeah. But, yeah, that's just me. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think 
it's definitely a little more defensible than a lot of the contracts we see in the NHL because yeah, Wheeler is still very good. At the same time, I just think that's gonna has the potential to be a really bad deal and one that could hurt them in the future. Moving on from there, geez, we're already eight minutes in. We uh, we'll go to our Central Division preview. So we're not really sure where we're gonna go with this. Just kind of talk about the division and what we see it looking like this year. So we figured with the Jets talk, we should just start with the Central Division this week. Do you want to start from the top? Or the, let's go from the bottom first. Let's do the worst the team. Yeah. So I think there's definitely going to be an obvious worst team in this division. Colorado or no Chicago? Chicago yeah, I think the Blackhawks are going to be the worst team in this division. I don't. It 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 all depends on Corey Crawford for them. But as I was talking to you before, Corey Crawford is what 33 years old now and just came back from a big injury as a goaltender, which we know affects goaltenders more than it affects players usually. That's not something you should be wanting to put your faith in, considering Corey Crawford is one of the most important part, if not probably the most important part of the team. He's the most important part of the team. He, I don't even think it's close. I don't think so either. He was so underrated. I mean, obviously Kane and Taves and Keith were huge in the Cups as well, but he was so underrated for those last two Cups. that And like even just when they were doing good, to keep them winning in the regular season yeah, and stuff like afloat. that, right? Like, he was just... And people look at him like he's replaceable. He's not. You saw what happened when he went down last year. They were still in a position to be in a playoff spot last year until he got hurt. Yeah. And then everything just went downhill because they didn't have a backup goalie. Their backup goalies just didn't work out well enough. Yeah. Well, now they have an even worse backup goalie. Cam Ward. They signed one of the worst goalies in the league for the past decade. I don't understand why you make the Hosa trade if what you're doing with your cap space is giving Cam Ward $3 million. Yeah, and Manning was the other one? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and Chris Kunitz, $2.2 million. <laughs> like, it's not good. This team is just, I don't like this roster. I think Saad will have a better year than he did last year. I think he's definitely better than what we saw from him last year. Definitely. Even though, and the Panarin trade's still not good, but at the same time, Taves has fallen off a lot. He's still a fine player, but he's not worth $10.5 I wouldn't be surprised if he's good next year, but not $10.5 million yeah. good. Kane's still really good. Debrinket looks really good last year. It'll be interesting to watch Debrinket. But then after that, like, Anisimov isn't really who I want as my 2C. I don't know about you. Not at all. Schmaltz is a fine 3C, but... Yeah, he's all right. But now we're getting to the depth players, where their depth isn't... They have three guys on this depth chart that I haven't even heard of. Who's their third-line left winger? Ed, Edsel? Edgedell? I've never even heard of him. Same with Kampf? David Kampf doesn't exist in a lot of data sets, and he's really annoying. So I'm trying to make my new war, and he doesn't exist in multiple different stats, and I don't know why. Yeah, and then you got Chris Kunitz on your fourth line, which, like... He may even get top six minutes if they need him this year, yeah. which isn't good. This team is just a wasteland. Keith was awful last year, and he may step it up, but I don't think he's he's not going to be a top 30 defenseman, I don't think, anymore in this not league. Not a chance. Brent Seabrook is just garbage. Well, they traded their best defenseman, yeah. Michael Kemney. And they and then they traded one of their better ones, uh, Jarmelson, the year before, too, for yeah. Murphy, who's not as good. Yeah, I don't see... I just, yeah, I don't see this team... Right, I, I was wrong about Colorado. You're totally right. This is the yeah, worst team in the This division. team is definitely the worst, I think, in the division. I think this team's going to be closer to a lottery team than some people expect. They brought, they're definitely not as bad as some of the teams over in the East, but at the same time, I think they're definitely... They're going to be competing for the worst team, I think, in the West. Yeah, other than Crawford posting like a 930, how do you see this team making the playoffs? Kane and Debrinket just scoring 50 goals each, maybe. Yeah. And I don't even know if that would do it. 
Duncan Keith suddenly going back to a top pairing defenseman. Back to a Norris Trophy winner. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I just, I don't know. Unless they have just some magic. I really don't see this team doing good at all. No, me neither. Uh, moving on from there, I have the next two pretty close, I think. And even the next three, I think, are pretty close. I think... There's clear tiers. In yes. The top tier is clear, and then the next three, I think, are close, and then I think there's a there's the obvious bottom one. So the next three I would group together, in a way, are probably the Wild, Avalanche, and Stars. That's exact. Yep. I would... I don't really know how this is going to work out, because these, these teams are all very, very interesting. Um... I've just never been that high on the Wild. I've never, like, hated their team, but at the same time, like, a couple of years ago, they had hype for being a team that could really make some noise in the playoffs. I just kind of looked at their rosters. Like, I don't know if I really trust them to make it out of the second round, and they never could. So, like, I know playoffs are just... It's random at times, right? But I don't I don't like this roster going forward in terms of potentially winning a cup. They have some good underrated pieces, but at the same time, they also just have a lot of old guys who are... Do for regression. They have a. They might be the most forgettable team in the league. <laughs> I like them though. Like I don't know. I think they're the best of the three teams in this middle tier. I think they're. I think you know what you have with them the most. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I could definitely see um, Colorado finding some more like I don't. Colorado is another interesting one, and we went. I did a deep dive with Carl last week on them. We're talking about like what McKinnon's output would be. I wouldn't be surprised if he regresses because it's hard to go above a MVP caliber season, right? Yeah. But at the same time, like they do have some young guys on their team who are coming up. I could see Colorado surprising some people again and just being better than Minnesota. I don't see them being a cup contender this year by any means. But no. Like I like the Grubauer addition a lot. I think Grubauer and Varlamov is going to be one of the best combos in the league for goaltending. Yeah, I like that as a combo, but if Grubauer is Scott Darling, then I yeah, can see that's true. A huge but he could back. also be a Cam Talbot. Yeah. It's like, you never really know, right? So, and Grubauer was really, really good last year in the games that he got to play. He stole the starting job from Holpe. I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. But so, but with, yeah, with, Minis- or with the Wild, I think you definitely know what you're going to get out of them the most. Like, I don't think there's really a wild card with them. They're just kind of like... You know they're going to be in and around a playoff spot somewhere, likely. And yeah. I would assume in the wild card somewhere. I would think Minnesota sits fourth in the division by default, and it's up for Dallas or Colorado to have big years to prop push them out of it. Yeah, I would, how I would say that. I would agree. And then with Dallas, I don't really know what to make of this team. I don't like their goaltending at all, which is unfortunate because that's... That's the classic Dallas yeah. problem. I don't really like their defense core that much. I love John Klingberg. They need Heiskanen to be amazing. Yes, because after that, like their top six right now is on cap friendly is John Klingberg, Mark Mathot, Stefan Johns, Essa Lindell, Roman Polak, and Julius Honka. <laughs> that's not a good top six if that's what you're going into the season with. Klingberg is awesome. Mark Mathot is very overrated. Roman Polak is garbage. I don't even know what... Stefan Johns is. I think Essa Lindell is decent as well. He's also fine. Julius Honka. So the problem is they have like four or five bottom pair guys, even if they're decent at the bottom pair. I think they have a lot of good bottom pair guys, but they're missing (laughs) another top pair guy to go with Klingberg and and two one or two middle pair guys. So that and that's what you hope Heiskanen can at least be is a good second pair guy. 
Are Heiskanen and Johns running your second pair? I don't know enough about Heiskanen to know if that's reasonable to have. There's him or definitely, not. I, yeah, I don't know either. There's definitely a lot of promise with him, but at the same time, like. He's going to be a 19 year old defenseman. Exactly. So you can't just expect him to come in and just take huge minutes. And then on the forward, the forward side of things, like. First line's going to be sick. Yeah, Radulov, Sagan, Ben. I like uh, Radic Fasca. I do too. A lot. He could have got, like, Selkie love last year. But, like, after that... I don't like this team's depth scoring unless mm-hmm. Nechuskin comes over and just terrorizes. Yeah. Jason Spezza's fallen off hard. As a 3C, he's probably going to be fine. But, like, he's making a lot of money to be a 3C. But it's one more say. But, like, I just... I don't know. I feel like this team is really overrated now that I look at it. And by myself as well. Because I feel like when we talk about this team, we talk about that high-scoring Dallas team we saw three years ago. That's we could just bad. light teams up. Yeah. And I just don't think they're that. Like, their first line, their top six is pretty good. but Or especially their I first. I wouldn't even go that far. Their first four are really good, I think. Like, if you add uh, Faxa in there. I yeah. like I like Sagan, Ben, Radulov really a lot. And then Faxa, if you need as well. But after that, like, their depth is just. I like Yanmark too, but. Yeah, but, I like, know. I don't think he's super special. Like, no. I don't think he's. Like, oh my god, we really have to watch this guy. No, like, I don't think him, Fox, and Chuskin's a terrifying second line to play against. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, I don't I feel like this team's really overrated looking at it. I could definitely see that team being second last in the division. That's but at the same time, I still don't think they're bad enough to be a complete... Well, it's tough in the NHL because you can be a lottery team while still somewhat competing. Even at, say, the team's like a 50% shot share and expected goal team, I could see their goaltending just sewering this team. Yeah, that's very true. I really don't like going into a year with a 31-year-old Ben Bishop and then Anton Hudobin right behind him. Yeah. That's not a recipe for success at all. So I would, yeah, I would probably go Blackhawks, then Stars, then Avalanche and Wild, but I could see the Avalanche and Wild flipping as well. They're close. I think yeah. they're closer than the Dallas is to them. Depending on Grubauer, I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, because Bernier was insane last year too. Bernier and Varlamov were just like dominant when they played. I think that was a really underrated part of the yeah. Colorado season. And if Gerard takes another step forward, all of a sudden Colorado's decor looks a lot better. Yeah, that's what that was one thing we touched on last week as With well. Carl, yeah, yeah it's just like if Gerard goes and they can get some guys to stay healthy, that could be good. If Kamenev comes in and can even be like a third liner, because he looked really promising in the couple games he got to play, but then he broke his arm. Yeah, they're another one line team, so Kamenev would help. Yeah, a lot. So I like Andrew Ghetto too, actually. But yeah, well, um, there's nothing special there. No, I don't think so either. And then the clear top three at the top of the division yeah, do starts. We want, do we want to do this by the teams we think are going to be in order? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to put the Predators three. Really? Yes. Oh. I'm really high on the Blues. I'm assuming that's who you had three? I was going to say let's start with the team that added the most in the offseason. Okay. I thought you were going to have the Blues three, but at least the Predators doesn't matter. That doesn't really matter to me either. I think... Why do you have the Predators below the Blues? That seems I like just think team. I really like the Blues. I liked the Blues team last year. I like their team this year a lot. And then their offseason, I think, was really good. I mean, I you cannot understate acquiring Ryan O'Reilly enough. And then Tyler Bozak, as much as, I don't know, $5 is probably right where I would give him. If you can use Bozak properly, that is huge. Because yep. like, you have probably, you're up there with some of the best center depth, for sure, in the West. And around in the league, you're definitely not on the tier of, like, Toronto or anything like that. No, or, you're not Toronto-Pittsburgh. Yeah. Place. But at the same time, like, having... I don't know, Ryan O'Reilly, um, Shen Bozak down the middle. 
Yeah. And then maybe Fabry on your third line or on your fourth line, or Fabry can play up, or like an Ivan Barbashev. I just like this team a lot. Yeah. So like I don't know. I could see them. Also, Jaden Schwartz and Vladimir Tarasenko are two of the best wingers in the league, and a Tarasenko gets love, but I'm not sure people realize Jaden Schwartz is up there too. Yeah. And uh, Steen's getting older, but I mean, Steen can still be. I don't know if he was top six winger last year, but if he's playing on your third line, I think you're pretty well off for wingers as well, right? He's been falling pretty hard. Has he? Yeah, yeah. I would expect Rob Thomas or Jordan Cairo or something. And that's another thing. They have young guys coming up too. Patrick Maroon's a fine depth addition. Yeah, I like that. Third um, liner. Yeah. Um, who else? David Perron. I mean, we weren't too sure how much we liked that contract, but I think for at least this year and next year it'll be solid, yeah. which is all we're looking at for now. So, yeah, I just, I don't know, I really like this team. And then you switch to the defense. Petrangelo, we know, is really good. Colton Periaco is so amazing. Like, that's a solid top two guys yeah. to have. Perico's like, one of the few defensemen I would actually trade William Nylander for. Yeah. So, I mean, the question mark, is always, as always, is in net with this team, with Jake Allen. I have no trust in Jake <laughs> Allen. But, um... Jake Allen, I think, is enough that in the regular season, at least, I can see this team being well enough off to jump the Predators. But I like I don't think I don't think there's a clear one, two, three in this division. Like if you tell me at the end of the year, oh, you were totally wrong. The Predators were first, the Jets were second, and the Blues were third, or something like that. I'd be like, oh, okay, like I could see that easily. I just I like. I don't like St. Louis's left side on defense or their goaltending, whereas I love both of those things in Nashville. I don't know if I love it in Nashville. I like the goaltending for me. I like I like Soros a lot. I think I've said that multiple times on this podcast. Yeah. Rene still scares me, and the thing that scares me the most is because it's the NHL, I'm worried that they're not going to give Soros the shot he should have. Especially after the season Rene had last year, which was fair enough to him. He was dynamite last he was year. Last year, but at the same time, like I'm just kind of worried that Rene, who at 35, is going to regress hard this year, and they're still going to play him for 50 something games. I would be worried with the coach not playing Saros, but I think Nashville is at very least as well insulated from a terrible goaltending season as you could reasonably expect. Yeah. The thing about Nashville, and again, I said this too, I don't like their center depth here as much as most people. No. Every center they have is below caliber for their position. Like, I don't like Johansson as my number one C. At this point, I'm not even really enjoying Turris too much as my two C. I don't like Bonino as my three C. No, I don't like any of those. So, I mean, their wingers are awesome. I love Forsberg, Arvidsson, Fiala. Fiala's awesome. I would not be surprised if Tolvanen is like a... Calder Trophy sleeper. Yeah, Tolvanen is a huge addition. I don't like this team. Again, I think the the top of the central should be a very exciting yeah. this year. And then we don't even have to talk about how good their decor. No, is. Every, everyone, everyone knows that. how good their decor is. They had a Dan Hamhuis for some reason, but I don't. Whatever. Hamhuis is good. He'll probably play eight minutes a night, anyways. Speaking of Dallas's garbage second pair, they could probably use Dan Hamhuis. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't really have too much to say. I think if Soros. Gets even splits the games this year with Rene. I think this team could uh, definitely be dangerous. Yeah. If but if they try and ride Rene and he falters and they don't do anything to switch that, which I don't even know. Maybe they will. Maybe if Rene has three or four bad games in a row, they just give Soros the net and he takes it and runs with it. Like they did give Soros three years, which I and they had it so that he's an RFA still. So I'd expect I would expect they have some faith in him. Yeah. So I don't know. Like if if Soros plays, I definitely could see him. Uh, 
I could I really do like this team a lot more, I think. But just overall, I don't know. This is a pretty good regular season two team, I think, as well. Yeah. I think in the playoffs, this is a team, and we saw it last year with Winnipeg, where their depth can really get exposed in terms of center and stuff like that. Yeah. Because it's like they just... But in the regular season, it's not as important because you can run and you can cover up some of those holes against the worst teams, right? They also didn't play Tolvanen in the playoffs. No, Tolvanen didn't play any in the playoffs because they wanted him to get used to North American ice, which I don't know if I completely agree with, but like I, I kind of get... Because we do see a lot of times KHL guys, especially when they're young, come over and need us half a season to adjust. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I don't think it's the... I wasn't as mad about that move as I think some people were. I, like, you can justify it, but I think they should have been playing him, obviously. I don't Like, I I wouldn't mind seeing him get a couple games, but at the same time, if you go, okay, no, we want to really make sure you're just comfortable getting ice time in a regular season game on this ice. That's fair. I can kind of understand that a little more, I think. I would expect... And I think the other thing is, their series against Colorado is a lot closer than anything even they were probably expecting. Yeah. Like, if they, if they go up 3 nothing or something on Colorado and they've just destroyed every game, I wouldn't be that shocked to see Tolvin and slot in and get a couple games there. Yeah, true. Right? But, like, when you're playing Colorado to the point where it was, like, like they didn't get dominated by Colorado, but Colorado was right in pretty much every game they played. McKinnon was going off in that series. Yeah, and there was a couple times where they were on their heels for a period and then they just kind of, their depth kicked in and they, they ended up scoring a couple on Colorado. But That was a good series. It was a very good series. But at the same time, like that's what I mean, right? Like So if when you're close to that, it's just like, it's still the mindset of, oh, well, we don't want to put a rookie in there to make a mistake. But at the same time... Yeah, it's ris- you can justify it with risk aversion pretty yeah. easily. And just like, even just, you don't want to ruin... An 18-year-old's confidence who's just coming over from yeah. the KHL by throwing him into any, uh, a playoff game. Having has, him get torched by Rantanen or something. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I don't know. I can kind of understand that a little more. Uh, and then, I guess we can switch to the first place team, which we already talked about this year, today, but you have Winnipeg 1, right? Definitely. Okay, this is what I... We're both really high on Winnipeg, um, and I think we have good reason to be. We already touched on them in the beginning, but, like, just looking at it this season, as I try and pull up their cap friendly and cannot find it. They can just outscore everyone in the division so easily. Yeah, and I think they have some of the best goaltending in the division. Hellebuck is very good. Their backup's a little uh, concerning. So throughout their... Like, I, I don't want to see them... I don't really like Brassois that much. I feel like they have a decent goalie in the AHL. Um, I feel like you're right. I just don't know who that is. I know they had two guys who got good in Chell, and one of them was Hellebuck. <laughs> this was in like Chell oh 16. Eric Comrie. That's it. Yeah. So I don't I don't really know what he's going to protect to be, but at the same like just for this year, um, I don't want to see them ride Hellebuck to like the sixty five seventy game thing like no. the least did with Frederick I don't think Anderson. Anyone should do that. No, I no, I don't think they're. I think sports science has proved that you should really avoid that at all costs. And even, you don't even need sports science to see. You can just see it in the playoffs. <laughs> I was going to say, you should be able to get there with just intuition. I was going to say, because, like, you look at what guys like Frederick Anderson went through, and they he played, what, 65, 70 games? Yeah, it was 60-plus. Yeah, and and he would have had more if he didn't get injured. He had, like, a concussion this year, right? Oh, yeah, I forgot where he got hurt. Yeah, so he's like, and then you just saw in the playoffs, there was times where, he like, he was garbage in the playoffs. And his team didn't help him out a ton either, but... The first two or three games, you could tell he just looked exhausted. Yeah, you can't blame him at all. No, like he said, such and he had a heavy workload last year. The same, so it's just like I, I don't think you should be riding a goaltender in the ground. So that's one thing I think would maybe concern me a bit is if you're trying to give, 
Laurent Bressois 30 games or something like that, I don't think that's going to work out in your favor. Yeah, that might not be. But at the same time, backup goalies are so easy to acquire in the NHL that it's probably not a huge deal. You'd probably get Pickard or something for a sixth-round pick. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried. And then I just like every part of this team a lot. They're so good. The top pair is awesome. I like Truba. I love Morrissey. Bufflin is definitely regressing, but as a second pair defenseman, like I don't think it's the worst thing. If Bufflin takes a step back, their decor starts to look sketchy. But Kulikov and Myers on your bottom pair is not the worst thing in the it's world. Fine. It's not. It's not like wow, it's a sick bottom pair. But at the same time, if that's the worst part of your team, you're probably okay. And then their forward core, as we said, is just so amazing. Yeah. Like they got to be up there for one of the best forward cores in just terms of all round depth in the league, right? Like. They do have the high star power, I guess, too. Though yeah, I was gonna say they, all. I was say I was gonna say they don't have like the high name value, but they definitely do. Like with Line A, especially if Line A takes a step forward. Yeah, that's true, and I don't see a reason why he wouldn't. Yeah, I would feel comfortable betting on Line A getting better. Perot is awesome. Like Lowry's might be the most underrated player in the league. Yeah, Kyle Connor is sick. Yeah, Roslovic's AHL numbers are ridiculous. I'm sure his NHL numbers will eventually be the same. Shifley is awesome. We don't. Wheeler's great. Yep, I like Andrew Cobb too. Yeah, I could. It'll be interesting to see what they do this year. I could definitely see them going out and trying to get another Statsling type player if they can get someone for cheap. And I don't think that would be the worst idea in the world either. If you can bump Little down that lineup again to your third or fourth seat, I would be looking for a left-handed defenseman if I was this team. Yeah, that definitely would too. But it's so hard to say too because like with the Vegas series, like. You know, normally when a team gets knocked out, like, for example, Nashville got knocked out last year, and you could see what their problem was. It was center depth, trying to keep up with this Winnipeg center depth team. That's always Nashville's problem. With Vegas, it was just kind of like all three teams they knocked out. Well, with the Kings, it was speed. The Kings looked like they were skating in cement. That was a horrible series to watch. Watching (laughs) the Kings hurt my eyes. I watched every game of that, too, because it was always the late game on, and I'd always watch it at school. And the one went to, like, four overtimes, and I watched the entire thing. And the shots were, like, 30 to 15 or something like that after four full or three full overtime periods. Like, what is going on here? This is pathetic. Well, didn't Quick lose that series with, like, a 9 He had a 9.52, and he lost it because Marc-Andre Fleury had a 9.70. That was it. Because I think the Kings scored three goals in four games. Yeah. But it was just so bad. Like, it was... Yeah, but with the other two teams, like, with um, the Sharks, they hit... Eight crossbars and posts in their series. I got PDO'd. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say, no, that's a team issue. And with the Jets, like, I didn't even get to watch too much of the series, but from one of the sounds of it, it kind of sounded like the same thing. Maybe they had some defensive issues. So, like, yeah, I would definitely probably look to add a defenseman if you can. I don't really know who's going to be available as a left-hander this year, but I, I haven't really looked at it. This you can always either. just try... Uh, promoting Sammy Niku. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know who's in for trade bait this year. I've not looked that far. No, ahead. I haven't either. Um, Every team's looking for a top four puck-moving defenseman at the trade deadline. Exactly. So it might be easier said than done for me to just say get a left-handed defenseman. But Yeah. If Brady Shea bounces back, no, he, he just signed an extension. He wouldn't. No, like I'm not sure where you... I was can. reading a lineup projection. Frederick Clayson might be the Rangers' first-pairing defenseman. That's not something that... That's hilarious. He was a first pairing in Ottawa because he was with Carlson. And he was just the typical not actually going to stay at home all the, all the time. And he was god-awful with Carlson last year, too. Really? Yeah, he had a rough, rough year. Okay, this 
John Tierney has him as the third pair. That I was on. Sense. I was on. Uh, I don't know where I was looking at lineup predictions. Someone had him on the first pair left wing or something like that, or first pair right side or something. I was like, what? God, that's a that's an ugly team. Once we get into it, too. Sorry, we're off topic here. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't really know. I'm just trying to look at the selling teams and see if there's anyone who would be selling a left-handed. They're a team that I thought should have went all in on Calvin DeHaan. And he ended up in Carolina, which is just so weird, freaking random. But I bet you Nate Schmidt's cheap on the left side right now. Yeah. Is Falk right, or is he he's yeah, right. right? I mean, Falk probably wouldn't be the worst addition either, though. Alex I, Edler? I don't know if he's fallen off really hard. Yeah, I don't know either. I think he's, I don't know. There's some good analysis right here. I just I don't I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know either. But yeah, I don't know. Like they definitely could use another defenseman. Um, they could win the cup as is, though. I definitely think so. I think they should be a, considered a cup favorite this year. Um, I don't really have much more to say than that. I guess. Do you wanna? What time is it? We got a couple minutes. Do you wanna touch on the Nate Schmidt thing? Uh sure. So he gets suspended twenty games for PEDs, and then. Uh, he and Vegas were very against the suspension. It sounded like they appealed and Vegas and the league said no. Went to an arbiter, right? I think so. I'm not really sure. But so what Nate Schmidt came out and said in his public comment is that he had, I think it was like, what, one, one somewhat of a tiny-ass number um, of a PD in his system, and he still got suspended. And he said he didn't know he took it or whatever. And I don't know where you fall on this. Here it is. Uh, what do you say? I had one seven, or sorry, seven billionth of a milligram of per milliliter as the equivalent of a pinch of salt in an Olympic-sized swimming pool in his body. So <laughs> I kind of I get why people are kind of like, oh, well, that's not a lot. Like, like why are you giving him a twenty-game suspension for that? But at the same time. I don't really, I don't know a bunch about PEDs. I know they stay in your system for a long time. We also don't know when he took these PEDs. He's they get drug, drug tested twice last year, but like, for all we know, he could have just took them the day after he got drug tested last year and had much more in his system at some point. Yeah, there's so many unknowns here that like, I it, don't know, if this, if this got tested by an arbiter and stuff, like, I know there's concerns about false positives and whatnot, but... I don't know. I'm I don't gonna... really side with him in any way. Yeah. Like, I can kind of understand. I don't know. Like, I'm just... Like, if you're the NHL, you have to be so sure that you're suspend... If you're suspending him for 20 games, that... And this is, like, the first PD suspension I can remember in a long time. Yeah, me too. Like, I don't remember too many in the NHL. There's a bunch in other sports, but not too many in the uh, NHL. There's only been, like, four or five in the last decade, kind of. Thing. Yeah. Like, so like decades, even, maybe. Yeah, I know. I, I saw totally outside of a tweet. He was like, "The people lining up to defend that a player just accidentally fell on a syringe of steroids <laughs> is kind of weird." And I laughed at that, but it is kind of true. And like, and then you get into the argument of should PEDs even be banned and stuff like that, which I'm, that's a whole nother discussion that I really don't care about. Yeah, but really at the end of the day, it's like he had some in his system. Um, even if his, uh, it's I don't think there's too many banned substances in the NHL. You got to be more careful than that. Like you know, do you remember? I forget who it was in the Olympics. It was a Swedish... Backstrom. Backstrom. Okay, yeah, yeah. I would say he got suspended for the final game of the Olympics because he took some cold medicine the day of, and it was a banned substance. It's, I don't think it's like that in the NHL, where it's just like, there's like a ton of banned substances that you have to be super careful of. Like I'm pretty sure there's a select few of things that you probably have to look out for. I actually don't know. But like, because like, I feel like if there was tons, 
you would hear definitely more of people getting caught with them, right? Just accidentally or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think the team gives you like substances that they know of. Yeah. Like so, I don't think you just go to the store. No, 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 obviously. But like that's what I mean. So like I'm saying if it was an accident because that's what sometimes it is. It's just like, "Oh, I took some cold medicine. and I didn't really realize that was a banned substance," right? So it's like, but I don't think there's too many um, banned substances that you can just take by accident. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, there's a chance that it comes out, and maybe this was an allergy medication or something along those lines. I don't think they actually reference what the substance no. was, so maybe we'll never know. But and I like, I don't know. I think you got to be careful. You definitely have to be careful. The de- the onus is definitely on you as the player and yeah. not on the league. The league says here's the banned substance. You have to be careful. And the other thing is, again, I don't really know much about PDs. I'm assuming 7 billionth of a milligram per milliliter or whatever it was isn't much. It's tough. It's a crappy situation for sure. Uh, in general, I can see why Vegas fans would be upset. I'm not going to go rush to defend a player that uh, had PEDs in his system. At the same time, when it's that little, I'm also not going to hold it against him yeah, either. Like It's not something where it's like, wow, you're clearly a cheater or something like that. Like, I'm going to dislike you now. Yeah, like, I'm not sure enough has been made public to just shit on the guy. No, I don't think so at all. Like, I'm not, I don't know, my opinion on Nate Schmidt doesn't really change. It's, oh, that's the guy who got 28 for PEDs. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, I just, I don't know. Some people take it really seriously. Some people defend it really seriously. I'm just kind of in the middle where I really don't care. Yeah, I don't really want it. Like I said, go one way or the other aggressively until there's more yeah. information. And even then, like I just I don't know. If you're just boosting and it's so obvious that you're like you're juicing or whatever, like then it's something different. But like I clearly, it was not that. No, it's not like it's just like yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Like. I figure we should touch on it. I don't really have a strong opinion on it either way. I'm fine with a 20-game suspension if they feel that he did take substances, which he clearly has substances in his system. So, whatever. I think that's all that's I have. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. It's pretty been pretty dead recently. Yeah, it has been. There hasn't been much to talk about for the summer. But uh, we'll continue our season previews next week as well. We'll probably do the other Western Division. Unless something big comes up and we want to go off of that. But, uh, yeah, uh, let us know what you guys think the division's going to look like this year or if we're really off on something that you think of. Um, you can reach us either on the website, Last Word on Hockey. Um, we are on pretty much any podcast listening app, and we should be looking to get our own feed pretty soon. I know I've been saying that, but it is September now, so we're going to try and establish that in a week or two. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. You can follow Chase on Twitter at CMHockey66. And uh, other than that, we'll see you guys next week and have a good week, guys. Oh.